For many of us who are personally unaffected by the harsh brutality of murder, the concept seems abstract and distant. It's a hard pill to swallow, knowing that there are people out there capable of horrendous and terrifying crimes, but it's a cold, hard truth that we all know deep down. Whilst most of the monsters who commit such acts of violence will be apprehended, there is an abundance of criminals who will not. Whether it's because they are faceless, nameless culprits, or worse still, those already identified but have somehow escaped justice, criminal cases are not always so straightforward. In today's video, we'll be discussing three instances of wanted criminals who are still on the run. Hazel Leota Head In August 1998, a woman calling herself Diana Ray placed an ad in a Louisiana paper. She claimed to be green-eyed, blonde, and honest and hard-working. However, the real woman behind the ad was anything but. Her actual name was Hazel Leota Head, but she also had an abundance of aliases and was a drifter who hitchhiked around the USA searching for lonely, well-off men to fund the lifestyle that she craved and had grown accustomed to. Hazel would often bleed these men dry of their money before moving on and searching for her next victim. That year, Hazel, still going by the name Deanna, met Charles Barker, a man who'd been recently widowed after his wife of 11 years was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. Charles had been on his own for less than a year and spent most of his time attempting to fill the void that his wife left. Initially, he tried traveling, fishing, and sailing, but found that he disliked spending his time alone. Then, he began to partake in gambling, which is where he met Diana. It's speculated by authorities that he likely thought he'd met the middle-aged woman by chance, but in reality, she had targeted him. The romance quickly blossomed between them, and just days after the pair had met, she'd moved into his home. At first, Charles's children were delighted that he'd met someone, but then, upon meeting Diana, they changed their minds. One daughter in particular, Jennifer, claimed she thought her father's new girlfriend was suspicious, and quickly believed that the woman was only after Charles's money. It wasn't long until he too believed this. Several weeks later, Charles told another of his daughters, Cindy, that he was having issues with his new girlfriend. It seemed that the honeymoon phase was quickly coming to an end. Charles didn't elaborate too much on what the exact problems were between the couple, and he said that he'd call his daughter again in a few days. When he didn't, his children became concerned. Jennifer took charge and tried to arrange to see her father, but when she received no answer from him for over a week... She asked her aunt, Charles's sister June, who lived nearby, to check on him. June and her husband agreed and were uneasy when they visited the home on September 2, 1998, finding that the front door was unlocked and open. Charles Barker was slumped over in the kitchen. He'd suffered a fatal gunshot wound to the back of the head. According to medical reports, 
he'd been dead for five days. At first glance, the home appeared to be relatively untouched. There was no sign of a struggle and nothing was upturned. However, in the bedroom, it was discovered that the safe in which Charles kept a large sum of money, approximately $45,000, had been opened and the contents were now missing. The murder weapon, which was the victim's own 25 caliber handgun, was found on a table in the master bedroom. It had been wiped clean of prints. The only other things missing from the home was Charles's Lincoln town car and his girlfriend, Deanna Ray. Shortly after the murder, Charles's car was found in the parking lot of Shreveport Airport in Louisiana, where Deanna's clothes and DNA revealed her true identity as Hazel Leota Head. A background check run by police established that Hazel had been married at least 10 times and that she had a long list of aliases. There was already a warrant out for her arrest in Lincoln, Nebraska, pertaining to the burning down of her ex-boyfriend's mobile home in 1991, where soon after she went on the run from authorities. Hazel Leota Head was born December 10, 1949, and if alive today, she would be 70 years old. She is described as being blonde and green-eyed, standing 5 foot 2 and weighing between 120 and 150 pounds. Although with age, she could have gained weight and changed her hair colour. She has a scar near her right eye and a gap between her front teeth. She often takes jobs in waitressing and travels with truck drivers across the country. She is known to smoke, drink vodka, frequent casinos and place personal ads in newspapers. She moves frequently between cities and towns. Sadly for the family of Charles Barker, there have been no confirmed sightings of Hazel since December 1998 at a truck stop near Wheat Ridge, Colorado, where she applied for a waitressing position. She may have ties there. Her case was featured on Unsolved Mysteries and America's Most Wanted, but neither propelled the investigation or the hunt for her any further forward. Michael Lewis Klein Michael Lewis Klein and his 18-year-old fiance Joellen Weigel, had been together for about a year in 1970 and had both recently graduated from Lee's Summit High School, Missouri. A seemingly ordinary couple, Michael came from a rich, prominent family, whilst Joe came from a working-class background. Despite their differences in wealth and status, the pair appeared to be happy together and nobody suspected the darkness looming beneath the surface of their relationship. On the night of the 2nd of July 1970, the couple had arranged a date. Whilst it's unclear where exactly the couple went, to dinner, the movies or somewhere else, it's known that the two had a rather heated argument before they left the location, and the fight lasted for about 20 minutes. There are no details regarding what the pair argued about, but it seems they left together. Joe had plans to stay overnight at a friend's house after the date, but when she didn't come home the following day, her family grew concerned. They contacted the friend she was meant to be staying with, and then called Michael. He gave differing accounts of her whereabouts, at first saying that the couple had married and she'd gone to visit a relative, but changed his story when that relative told Joe's parents she wasn't with them. At this point, Michael said he didn't know where she went. The family then contacted the police, 
but were told that a missing persons report couldn't be filed at that time. Just days later, on the 5th of July, Joe's partially clothed body was found floating in Lake Winnebago by water skiers. The 18-year-old was clad in a girdle, pantyhose and part of a dress, and was recovered with fishnet around her body. She'd been weighed down with a concrete block and water jugs. Joe's death grew more disturbing when her autopsy showed that she'd been four months pregnant at the time. Her case was ruled a homicide as she'd been strangled to death. A ski rope tied around her legs was identical to the rope found on the Klein family speedboat, and it was established that the concrete block used to weigh down the body was from the home of one of Michael's friends. In Michael's car, they found Joe's hair wrapped in a towel. It had been forcibly pulled from the roots. The same day Joe's body was found, Michael Klein had left on a student trip to Europe and Israel, and he returned on July the 9th. He was immediately questioned by authorities, but took the advice of his attorney and was neither cooperative nor forthcoming with any information. It seemed the public took this as a sign of guilt, and on the 24th of July, a grand jury indicted Michael for Joe's murder, but he disappeared before he could be arrested. Authorities believe that due to the power and influence of his family, Michael attended university under an assumed name in the early 70s and is now working in the medical field, possibly as a vet. It is widely believed that the Klein family helped their son escape justice, and unsubstantiated rumours suggest that Michael could be living in Latin America. Joe Weigler's overnight bag has never been recovered, and her parents have since passed away without ever seeing their daughter's killer prosecuted. No date of birth is given for Michael, but if alive today, he is likely in his late 60s, as he graduated from high school at the same time as Joe. At the time of his disappearance, he was five foot nine, weighed 130 pounds, with brown hair and hazel eyes. It's unknown what happened to the remainder of Michael's family, but his father passed away in 1988. He did not give any indication of his son's whereabouts prior to his death. The case of Joe Weigler was featured on Unsolved Mysteries, but tragically, Michael Lewis Klein continues to go unapprehended. Anne Kibalo. Born January 1st, 1999, Samantha Kibalo was the daughter of Michael and Anne, who had been married for two and a half years and resided in New York. The couple had gotten married after just nine months of dating, and all appeared to be well between the two. Prior to the birth of their daughter, there seemed to be no bitter feuds or unpleasantness between them. However, this all changed when Samantha came along. Almost immediately, just weeks after the birth, Anne began to behave erratically. She reportedly yelled at her husband Michael, telling him that she didn't need him anymore. Michael came home from work the following day to find that all their furniture was gone and that Samantha's room had been cleared out. There wasn't a trace of her left. Extremely worried for the safety of his child, Michael phoned his mother-in-law. Anne answered the phone and told him that their marriage was over and he would never see his daughter again. She then went on to explain to him that she'd called the police and said that he had beaten and abused both Anne and their daughter. According to Michael, when Anne filed for divorce, she dragged out the proceedings and hired and fired a variety of advisors. Reportedly, she hired 23 different lawyers and 11 different psychiatrists. 
In retaliation, Michael sued for divorce and full custody of Samantha. This sour exchange stretched on, with the pair sharing custody as the case went through the legal system. After a week-long visit to her mother, Samantha was returned to her father with facial bruising. Understandably angry and upset, Michael took her to a paediatrician, who said that the bruising had occurred in the last three to five days, meaning it had happened while Samantha was in the care of her mother. Soon, a court-appointed psychiatrist evaluated the pair's fitness as parents, but it was not determined how the bruises on Samantha's face occurred. The professional did, however, describe Anne's relationship with her daughter as odd, although no further details were given as to why. Over the course of the following 11 months, Anne took Samantha to seven different doctors on 33 different occasions, and whilst it's unknown what symptoms or reasoning was given for each appointment, it seemed obvious to doctors that Anne was showing classic signs of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, a psychological disorder marked by attention-seeking behaviour exhibited by a caregiver towards those in their care. It is often seen in mothers. The sufferer gains attention by seeking medical help for exaggerated or made-up symptoms for their child. Despite the somewhat obvious signs that Anne was displaying, experts diagnosed her as having severe personality disorder with a mixture of traits from other conditions. As a result of this concerning diagnosis, it seems Anne was deemed unfit to care for her child alone, and Michael was then given full custody of Samantha. Anne quickly appealed this decision, and it was determined by the legal system that she had a right to still see her daughter via visitations. However, this is not where the story ends. On February the 3rd, 2001, things took a sinister turn when Michael dropped Samantha off at the police station for a scheduled overnight stay with Anne. When he came to collect his daughter the following day, neither Samantha nor her mother showed up. They had disappeared. Two months later in April, Anne's SUV was discovered abandoned in a Brooklyn parking garage. There were no clues inside that indicated either party's whereabouts. Michael has not seen his daughter or estranged wife since. Anne Kibalo is wanted for kidnapping, unlawful flight to avoid prosecution, custodial interference and unauthorised use of a motor vehicle. She and her daughter may have been travelling with a 12-pound red mini spaniel dog named Vodka. At the time of her disappearance, Anne was 5 foot, weighed 120 pounds, with brown hair and blue eyes. She may have cut her hair short and dyed it blonde since then, and she is known to wear glasses when driving. Her date of birth is March the 25th, 1963, meaning she would be 56 years old today. Anne has an accounting degree from Brooklyn College and previously worked in that field. She has a dental condition which she may seek treatment for, and she is likely in contact with medical professionals. She may use the surnames Yermak, Saul or Kaplan. It is believed by authorities that Anne had been purchasing prepaid calling cards at a convenience store for months prior to the abduction of her daughter, as her mobile phone and credit cards have not been used since the disappearance. Samantha Michelle Kabbalah was just two years old at the time she went missing. If alive today, she will soon be turning 21. When she disappeared, she had light brown hair and brown eyes. It is suspected that the mother and daughter may be in New York City, Palm Beach County or Boynton Beach, Florida, Illinois or New Hampshire. In 2006, 
the pair was possibly sighted in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Whilst it's not confirmed, the witness is believed to be credible. Samantha was described as being quiet and withdrawn, and it was reported that her mother didn't interact with her much. Michael Caballo believes that Anne's mother is helping to hide his daughter, as she has refinanced her house multiple times. He still searches for his daughter and believes she was being homeschooled when she was younger, as he has never found her enrolled in any school system. It's been 18 years since he last saw his child, but tragically, there have been no new leads in the case, despite being featured on the TV shows, Unsolved Mysteries, and America's Most Wanted. So that's three wanted criminals who are still on the run. If you have information on the whereabouts of Hazel Leota Head, Michael Lewis Klein, Anne Caballo or Samantha Michelle Caballo, please contact the FBI or your local law enforcement agency. Stay safe, and we'll see you in the next one. Follow us on Twitter at Louis Gang Entertainment, on YouTube and Instagram at Louis Gang. It will mean so much to the whole team.